Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode, Expectations. Not Great Expectations? Oh, no, that's a book. That's a book. Did they make it into a movie? I think they did. Okay. Yeah. Not my type of movie. No, no, no. <laughs> or book for that matter. Well, that's all right. But, you know, we want to make sure we reach all uh, audiences. That's for the literary audience that listens to our podcast. Oh, okay. How are we going to identify those, Greg? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's one of the uh, analytics I, I yeah. get access to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be interesting, though, it to would. figure out. With SoundCloud, it isn't as clear, but uh, you and I both have projects on uh, Spotify for podcasters, and that's one of the things that they do capture. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, on, on one of the other projects I have, uh, it's quite apparent that I've created a, a product for myself, because everybody that listens to it is like me. Right, right, right. That's right. That's right. So, but you know, hey, that's great. Yeah. If you can create something that is is uh, meaningful and uh, people enjoy it, then you know, that's that's all good. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time and we've both consumed a lot of turkey. Oh my goodness. And accoutrements. Yeah. Did you do the ham thing as well, you guys? No, just the turkey. And my issue was not, it was not the main course, although my aunt makes um, uh, sour cream potatoes and uh, uh, they're the best potatoes I've ever tasted and they, she's been making them for years. And so I did eat an extra bit of a pile of those, but mostly my main course was good. I fell down this year on desserts and I'm not a big dessert fan, but there was pecan pie, pumpkin pie, you name it. There was in each of Naima bars in the second one I went to. And afterwards I thought, oh, I should have, I should have gone lighter on the dessert. For those of you uh, not from Canada, we just uh, had Thanksgiving long weekend. And so uh, Heather, actually, my wife makes um, uh, mashed potatoes, but they're like super plain clean they're so good mm. and uh she also makes i think she got the recipe from my nephew's wife uh a, a, a corn casserole thing it's like oh my goodness it's just so good so i i did have some pumpkin pie a very large piece of pumpkin pie but i i went heavy on the main course i, I went back a couple times and we do we usually have a ham as well just to kind of balance it out because not everybody really likes turkey I wouldn't go on my way to have a turkey. I'll eat it a couple times a year, but it's not my favorite thing. So that's why we, you know, there's other people like me that like ham. So I did really well in the first course. Nice, nice. Yeah, it, it, we uh, we did not have uh, lunch on both days. That helped out somewhat. And our breakfast was healthy on both days. But still, uh, boy, oh boy, it's, uh, it's a lot of food. But you know what? The, you know, we are post COVID here, like many places, although people are being sensitive, which is kind of cool. They are. People calling and saying, listen, I got some sniffles. I've been testing. It doesn't look like I have COVID, but we all have elders that are a part of us. And so we're being more cautious. So it is lovely that people are being thoughtful on that. So a couple of folks couldn't come, but you know, we ship food back to them and all those kinds of things. But it is so lovely to hang out it is the energy in both sides of the family gatherings this year was just it was lovely you know and sometimes those things can be tense and uh but it wasn't this year it was just lovely families are complicated they are they are this year i don't know there was a, there was a hopefulness and i think you know of course everything else going on in the world this weekend it, you know there's there's a lot of stress and that type of thing but when you you know when you come together with family and um, connect and just be with those you love um, especially when you hear all the stuff that's going on and, you know, it makes it precious, I think. 
Yeah, I don't know about you, Greg and I, we talked just before uh, I turned uh, on the mics and uh, we made way too much food. Like everybody's going home. Can I make a plate for you? Oh, no, 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 no. Let me make a plate for you to take home because yeah. we cooked way too much. Well, even that in itself, you know, the abundance that we mm-hmm. have. That's and true. This part of the world and parts of the world, I know, depending on where you are. and But we have such abundance here and and you forget about it, right? And and then when you look around, you recognize it. It's like, uh, that's the other thing. It's just, I mean, it is Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving, you know, in in Canada, it's less, ab- it's less uh, about uh, anyone coming on a boat anywhere and that type of thing. But it is, it is really related to, uh, in North America, it's more related to the the harvest, yes. right? And being grateful for a good harvest in Canada, that's the history here, less uh, less um, of history of pilgrims and those kinds of things. But uh, it is a, I, I have a family farm, so we know what it's like to finish off the the harvest and, you know, and just to recognize what it is. So it is a, it is a thankfulness period of time. And, you know, in particular this year, I think was post-COVID, the ability to come back together, seeing each other and just enjoying each other's company, pretty special. Yes. Yeah. And uh, uh, we have Thanksgiving earlier than our American cousins because our harvest is earlier because we, you know, it's a little colder. It's a little, co- it gets colder here quicker. So, but uh, yeah, it was a good weekend. So, uh, yeah, now I'm dreaming about pumpkin pie, but I think we ate it all. I think we got rid of yeah. it all. So it was really good. Well, and we do say that it's colder normally here, but the, the few days before Thanksgiving, up smoking again, hot, it was like 33 degrees Celsius. So that's like uh, close to 90 or in the 90s Fahrenheit in, uh, in Toronto area where we're from. And so it did not feel like uh, harvest time in Canada. <laughs> Canada, that's for sure yeah so it's good um yeah and, and things are pretty serious in the world right now and uh you know greg and i have talked about that and this isn't a political show so we're not going to get into that but but certainly you know th- this is something that you know concerns us and we've been thinking about and and just uh holding out hope for peace and and things like that but uh yeah it's been a in ways it is a really good weekend in other ways it is very solemn mm-hmm, exactly so let's set the stage greg and i've been friends for a long time and uh uh, we've both been managers or leaders or supervisors for most of our careers. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss this situation where we and others have missed the mark. And we're going to start at the perspective of the employee and move on. And we're going to discuss how we've observed others successfully manage these situations and learn from them. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. And I think we will have, once again, a really good discussion. Yeah, I think so. This is a good topic. So expectations, you have a work environment where you experience some or all of the following. Your boss has expectations that are unreasonable and there is no room to discuss. Your boss has hidden expectations that you find out later in discussing a failure on your part or in an evaluation of some sort. You have expectations of where you are and where you want to go. There isn't a form to discuss any expectations that you have. You and your boss may have expectations that are just unreasonable. So Greg, what's up with this? How important is this subject and how does it affect our relationships and the work environment? Yeah. And I would add one that is like, you, you, you don't know what the expectations are. There is no clarity whatsoever. So the hidden, the over unreasonable, the unclear. Uh, but I also love the actually just in the, in the, in the setup that I have my expectations. You have your expectations. Do we understand each other's expectations? But when there is lack of clarity or confusion, um, again, it adds frustration. It adds, uh, or, or silence or silence. You know what? It just, it just, you know, clarity 
is one of the most important things that a manager can help provide in their organization, even if there isn't clarity in the larger part of the organization. As a manager, you have such an opportunity to at least create clarity between you and your team members. Uh, and it might not, I know, you know, we'll talk about this. I might not know everything, but here's what I know to be true. And here's our measures right now. And if they change, how do I make sure that they're updated and changing? But when they're not clear or, or when they're unreasonable, because I've seen that too, when, you know, they're not close enough to understanding their, their team and what's going on and all that type of thing, you set these things and people just, shake their heads. I was talking to someone the other day, uh, just last week, who uh, was doing some um, team uh, circles, like feedback circles. And uh, they were talking about stuff. And uh, and this was a safe space. This, this individual happened to be create a very safe space with this team, large group of team that had not, had just done a, an employee survey. And the employee survey said everything was uh, happy days, including clarity around expectations. And one of the biggest things that they said, you know, I, I put a happy face on it because I'm not going to be the one who says it. But in the safe space, they said, we don't have a clue. And they said, you know, the, the, the targets we have are totally unreasonable. And we don't feel that our manager has our back with that as well. And it's just, it shows. And this, this undercurrent was impacting the results of this organization. They couldn't figure it out because they had great uh, engagement scores and they couldn't understand why the performance levels were, were falling. Well, maybe it's because there isn't that safe space to have the conversation. You know what? If, if there isn't a good environment, if people don't feel psychologically safe, uh, you can do all the surveys you want. It's not really going to take you down to where you need to go and, and create a conversation which you might not know needs to take place. And, and, you know, I've been in a lot of organizations where they've given us surveys and stuff like that. And even when it's anonymous, depending on what your demographic is within the company, it might or might not be helpful because, you know, somebody could glean from the content of what you said, uh, who, you know, generally who you are and stuff like that. And we all write a certain way. So I mean, it's not hard sometimes to figure out who said anything, but I agree with you 100%. Like, uh, if there's not a great environment and people don't feel safe, they mm. don't feel that they're secure in their job and, and that they have at least some understanding of what's going on, you know, it's, uh, you know, expectations gets messy. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. So as a manager, what can you do to assist the situation? Expectations are not helpful unless they are communicated and fully discussed. Yeah. I, you know, this one is so important as just the foundation of everything. If you don't communicate, if people don't know where we're heading or what we're, what's expected, how do you expect them to achieve that? Um, so you have to communicate it. And I love the second piece of that is really what is discussed. Uh, because, you know, we talk in this podcast a lot about it's one thing to say the what are the expectations. But equally, and maybe even more importantly, is the why of the expectations. And then to say, so, and then to have a conversation around it. Because if you kind of set the bar as to here's what we're trying to achieve and why, and you actually have an opportunity to have a dialogue around. So, uh, you know, what, what, what are the things that we see that can help uh, accelerate this? What are the potential barriers that might get in the way? And how do we think about that ahead of time? Again, that's that knowing and that dialogue is so important. Um, you know, there are certain things that they may not have control or you may not have control over. But if you have that discussion, that dialogue, share what it is, and then have a discussion around it, you're going to get buy-in. Um, and often the best leaders uh, do it. The best leaders know even even if they're, uh, they don't have 
a lot of control over it, which is, uh, which is maybe leading into the second one, they still share it and say, okay, here's, here's what, what I'm told. And so knowing that, what are we going to do about it? I found in my experience, if the leader uh, has a low EQ or doesn't have the confidence, uh, often they just want to say what they do, but they don't want to discuss what mm-hmm. it is. And yeah, you're, you've kind of uh, hinted at the next ones. Your expectations may not be viable. And, you know, I, and do you have a, a good enough situation with your folks, with your team that, you know, when something is said that they can push back and say, hang on for a second, what do you, what do you want to do? Okay. These, this is the problems with what you're proposing. And we might be able to do what you want to do, but we need to build out and do some things and talk about some things. And, and there's nothing better than, than to create an environment where people would say, what do you want to do with this? Like, you know, you're creating an expectation, but what's the end result? And, and why, and then get into the context and have a conversation, it might not be viable. And you might need to rely on some of the other people you're talking to, to push back and create ideas. And you got to be okay with that too, right? And then maybe you change the expectation, but now you've been fully, uh, been in a full discussion with other people and you understand really what needs to get done. Yeah, yeah, and I, uh, it's, it's funny, I, I facilitated a session on Friday with a group leveraging a tool that I call, that's called Colby. And one of the modes of decision-making or problem-solving within this tool is something called Quick Start, which is how we relate to uncertainty and risk. And so we were talking on the team, and what was really interesting is we were talking, there was like a, there was like this split. There were some folks that were really risk-averse, and these are the beautiful people who remember what happened before. Exactly. And they know. Oh, we're that, trying this again. Right, right, right. But they also know the reality. They, they bring truth to the discussion. And then you've got folks on the other hand who are just excited about trying stuff and moving things forward. So they're good too, because they push us to great insights. and Give us energy. But if the leader in this case happens to be a high quick start or a long line quick start, they're going to say, let's, hey, we got the targets. We're going. This is the expectations. And if they don't create space enough for someone to say, yes, and, uh, this is a risk that we might have and that type of thing. So having that balance is so, so important. So sometimes even these expectations that might not be viable are set by leaders who really think they are viable, but they just don't see their perspective, their view, their innate way of looking at things, don't see the risk associated with things. And to your, I loved your point there. If you create space, one, those other people are going to bring real good data. So if you need to convince the the next layer up who set the expectations, if you need to sh- shift it a little bit, um, that's really helpful if you are if you're willing to listen to the folks that are going to bring the stuff that 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 you know that we need to know about. And talk out the expectations with peers. Like, you know, if you're a branch manager or you're in charge of whatever you're in charge of and you're going to be doing something and, you know, talking to some of your peers in the organization or in related organizations, uh, if you can, I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, there's competition and things like that, but there's nothing better to, to have a conversation with your people when you've had a conversation with somebody else at your level that thinks about things the way you do, that, you know, has those higher level uh, responsibilities, uh, you know, just going off the top of your head and then start, start talking to people that work for you can cause a lot of problems. So, you know, taking a little bit of extra time and talk to your peers, uh, might be a valuable first step. I agree. And especially those peers that have, uh, the linkages to whatever you're trying to do. So, you know, we have the internal kind of supply of those that feed into you, 
and those you feed into along this chain of making things happen. And there's always different departments or those kinds of things. Those are folks that you should really be talking to as well. Just say, okay, here's what we're thinking of doing. Here are the expectations. What are the things that you see? Because they might have a a thing that's going to get in the way of you being successful because they can't do something. So I think you're right. Not only just generally the insight of tapping into different viewpoints at your level of as a manager, but also I would add, especially those folks that you have connections with in order to deliver whatever you need to deliver. Because, you know, we've talked about silos and especially in this hybrid environment, remote environment, silos are have increased. So this is a natural way of, of, of helping to break down those silos. And hidden expectations can cause you to become disappointed or bitter about your situation. There's been a few times in my career, Greg, where all of a sudden I get this sarcastic thing. I go, what are you talking about? Well, this is what I expected out of the situation, Alistair. Well, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I wish I had because Mm -hmm. in some of the situations, I I would have agreed with you and and helped, you know, meet that expectation. Or I've told you it's not possible that it's not what we do or there's problems with it. But I'm sorry, you you can't hold me accountable for something you haven't talked to me about. Yeah. And, and if you had talked to me, I think we probably would have had a really go- good conversation. And this expectation may or may not have stood. But I would have appreciated that, you know, we had a conversation about this before, you know, you had it locked in your mind that this is what was going to happen. Yeah, like never assume, right? I mean, because no. sometimes it's not even planned hidden. It is It is like a... I, I just thought you knew, you know, and that type of thing. And the other thing is sometimes even in a conversation with each other, I might think I'm communicating clearly to you, uh, but I'm not. So I always uh, also recommend at the end of the conversation, say, okay, let's recap. let's do a recap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you've said that on a number of our podcasts. So here's what I understand are the expectations. Here are the things. Are we aligned there? And sometimes, I've been in meetings where some sometimes the person said, no. That's not what I'm... We have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, and saying, well, glad and good. You know, celebrate those moments because those are moments that are going to save you a lot of time later on because there are often disconnects. So there's one thing, don't hide things, but secondly, just always have that little loop of the recap at the end because, you know, you may be thinking you're as clear as day and you're as clear as mud. The next one is... Do you write out your expectations in a process that can be reviewed, verified, and measured? And Greg, I put this one in there because I've had somebody communicate expectations to me, and then I've heard it said again the next day to another group of people that I happen to be there with, and things have been taken away out of it, things have been added, and it's like, what is the expectation? Could we work off one document Mm. uh, rather than off the top of your head? Because the more, you know, I've heard something talked about in three or four different settings, it's like, what was talked about in the fourth and what was talked about in the first, there's some significant differences here. Yeah, yeah. So I like the idea of, especially if it's something important, why wouldn't you write it down? And and even if you pass it around and people would see where the changes are and stuff, just so you have I an agree. idea of the progression of this idea, because ideas do progress. Yeah. But if all of a sudden, you know, I, I you know, I go to the first meeting, then I go to the fourth meeting. It's like, is this the same expectations? Is this yeah. the same thing we're discussing? Because it sounds really different. And so you have a whole group of people that have not heard the same thing. So so I actually love that. You know, the importance of actually having a centralized uh, spot where you kind of understand 
what are the expectations? Because you're right, every meeting is a little bit changing, especially having a like SharePoint or something along their line, whatever, whoever's involved. Google Doc, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And and allows it to evolve because new stuff happens all the time. And and you know, like often we talk about expectations. Uh expectations can change. So the importance of it is not only communicating the expectations at the beginning, but also communicating as they shift and change, because they do. And when sometimes the things that I found is that I thought I was really clear up front, but I missed a meeting or I was, I was away on vacation and now I come back and I am complete, I'm going down another pathway and new news has happened and that type of thing. So I think you're right. Having that central depository where you can kind of capture everything is so important. And do you reach out to find out what the employees expectations are? Do you have a healthy discussion around those expectations? Are they viable or applicable to the situation? I agree. It's like, uh, you know what? It's like, uh, if this is it, this is the, and again, if you start with this is what we're doing and this is the why, then if you have that conversation around, okay, what, what do you need to be successful to deliver this and what could get in the way and, and, you know, what needs to be tweaked? Is there anything that you're really concerned about that we need to, uh, we need to kind of fix a little bit or tweak a little bit. That's and and you're then you're creating ownership for the expect shared ownership for the expectation. When you just drop it, and sometimes you can't. Sometimes there is no choice. And again, we've talked about this before. Sometimes as leaders, you just got to say, "Listen, um, this is this is there is no wiggle room on this one. Uh, so how do we best do it? Uh, but if there is wiggle room." Um, you can just accelerate your trust level. If, if they say, yes, we'd like to do this, but tweaking this, if you can go back to your boss and say, you know, like I, uh, talked to the team and we think we can knock this out of the park with this one exception. And then you come back down, boy, oh boy, that builds trust and belonging. And kind of a final statement for, on the manager side, expectations can be harmful if not discussed. I've heard a couple slide comments in meetings. Uh, and on communication, online communication, I go, okay, this person has an expectation that this thing is going to happen or, or whatever. And th- they just haven't looked at the reality of the situation that it is not that they haven't talked about it enough that it, it just, it doesn't, it isn't suit for purpose. And, and so if there is an expectation, the only way things are going to work out is if people can talk about it and guess what, you might have an expectation. And after that talk, it's not going to happen, but at least, you know, that it's not going to happen and why. Yeah. And you know, almost that lack of expectations is, can be so harmful because often, you know, I've seen it and I've probably done it myself is when it's bit crunchy, you know, when, especially when there's a performance expectation Mm -hmm. and I, and I know that I need to be really crisp and clear and I need to let folks know that, you know, this is really a serious situation and that type of thing. So when it's that kind of an expectation, sometimes I'll kind of I'll shy away from being really clear and crisp, not only what the expectation is. And I've talked about this today, actually, not only what the expectation is, what are the consequences if we don't achieve or those type of things. Talking about those consequences as well can be really, really helpful because often people aren't accountable as much. You can set the expectations, but if you if you can be more clear on both the expectations or the consequences of of delivering, the positive consequences and the the risks associated with it as well. That also helps provide that context, which I think could be really helpful. When you don't do that, it just leaves this blank page and and uh, really really foggy uh, foggy approach. 
So let's talk about the employees now. And a lot of these ideas are the same. They're just from a slightly different perspective. So as an employee, if you have expectations, it's not helpful unless they are communicated and discussed. Other people need to know what you're thinking, what your aims are. And if you just keep it amongst yourself, how's there anybody going to know? Mm-hmm. How's anybody going to help you meet those expectations? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and I think this is the, if, you know, there might be a personal expectation of growth. If you don't have that conversation with someone and then you get really frustrated because the, nothing is happening for your growth, as an example, um, you're, you're equally responsible for that. So Absolutely. how do you have that courage to say, Hey, here's what I'm hoping for? Because then you know up front, if it's unrealistic and the organization isn't prepared to meet your expectations, then you have a choice to make. But, um, more likely is that's going to help them then put a crisper plan together with or going forward. And if you don't understand their expectations or if they're, you know, like ask, like, so one is telling your expectations. The other thing is really just, if you don't understand, say, you know, I'm not really sure I understand. Or like we talked about on the other ones saying, you know, before I leave, can we just really go over one more time what the expectations are here? Because that's going to help me to be sure that we're all on track. Yeah, we'll jump ahead to a point that, and you kind of brought it up, and I think <laughs> it needs to be underlined. Uh, hidden expectations can cause you to become disappointed or bitter about your situation. If you don't tell anybody, if you don't do anything to reach out and, and try to put this into action, chances are, like, what are you relying on? Luck for mm-hmm. it to happen? Mm-hmm. Really important that you you talk about it. And your expectations might not be viable, but you're mm-hmm. not going to know that. It might not be possible in the situation that you find yourself so, you know, the other part is talk out your expectations with your manager and your peers. Like mm. people need to know what you want. And, and it may be a, a season in the company where you're not going to get what you want. But if they know you have expectations that you're a good employee, maybe they can give you something laterally that will challenge you and, and put you in a certain place until whatever other expectations you have can be, you know, it might be more possible for them to take place. Yeah. And, you know, this comes back, just flip backing to the manager. When you do that, if, if your team member comes to you and really is more clear around what their expectations are, and it isn't something you can do, the best thing as a leader can do is first listen and say, so I, I here's what I hear you saying is what you really need. Uh, unfortunately right now, like be truthful, um, and then say, and then, then find what you can do. Cause you might not be able to do everything, but some of the best leaders that, that in this situation that I've had have said, listen, I, we just can't do that. Um, you know, we're not prepared to support you in your MBA, uh, program. Um, however, uh, let's talk about why you want that MBA. And then uh, I want it because I want to be promotable and going forward. Okay, so we're not going to be able to provide that. Well, you can use this tuition refund up to point this point, you know, this amount of money. But besides that, what else can we do within our our scope of my 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 uh, circle of influence? So that type of thing that we can do. That's a beautiful conversation. And you know what? I might be disappointed um, because of I'm not getting what I want. But if I get a sense that my leader is for me and is finding different solutions, I may stay a little bit longer. I've been in two organizations that realizing that, you know, people are looking at what's next, promotional, that type of thing. And in both those organizations, they created internal management training programs. Mm-hmm. So you could go and take a course and, and start off uh, learning what it's like to hit the next level mm-hmm. and 
you know, there's often a chance that you don't want to hit the next level once you hear people talking about it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and we've talked about me being a reluctant manager before, but right. uh, I've been in two organizations where they would have internal courses like, oh, oh, you're interested in perhaps one day being promoted. Um, there's another cohort going into, a, they're going to take some courses on management and stuff like that. Uh, is that something that you would be willing to give some time? Uh, happens during lunch hour once a week or whatever it is. Yeah, sure. Okay. Oh. Uh, You'll probably get an email from uh, uh, Human Resources in a couple of days. I'll, I'll, I'll make some calls and stuff. Love that. Yeah, so it's like digging deep and finding out what's behind the expectation. What are their hopes, the results of, of whatever they're hoping for? And then if you can't provide it within the current context of the organization, what else can you do to at least continue to move them towards their goals? In most cases, that will at a minimum delay someone's departure or and it definitely will enhance their engagement when they're not feeling the love of uh, of not meeting what they hope for and write out your expectations in a process that can be reviewed verified and measured you know what you want to be really clear with people what you want and whether it goes into a year-end assessment or if you have a development plan or whatever your company does you know when you're having these discussions with people it's just making it sometimes a little bit more formal and putting it in the, you know, in an email or in some form, you know, if you're being evaluated or whatever, it, it, it puts the management in this, in the position where, because they should respond to it, where it's all covered and, and just relying on a conversation. Sometimes our leaders are so busy and they're having like a zillion conversations a day. And do they remember 100% what you were talking about? I don't know, but sometimes, you know, putting it in an email or in some kind of document helps move the conversation along and gives you some measure about where you are, where you're going. And maybe you get to the point where they say, listen, this, this can't happen. Then you go, okay, that's, then I know. Mm-hmm. And then, I, then I decide what I do next. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you know, also I would say adding that why into this particular situation. So if I come to you and you're my boss, Alistair, and say, hey, here's what I'm hoping for. And here's why I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. And then it's like anything selling any idea. And this is how I believe it will uh, support the, the success of our team and our organization and myself as well. Think through that. Like really an organization isn't there to make your life better. It's not, that's not their primary goal. The primary goal is to sell, make, deliver, whatever it is. And to create an environment, and the best way they're going to do that is by creating an environment where you can be your fullest self, but give them the goods because you're more likely going to get your expectations met if you not only say what you want, why you want it, but how it will impact the team, the organization, the leader themselves, and those type of things. I mean, think about that stuff before you say it, because that then kind of sells the deal up front. And even if you don't get exactly what you want, the the more detailed you are and the more clear and putting it in writing and following up afterwards and saying, here's what we talked about is so, so helpful because then you can, I know this is one of the points further down is then you can have the check-ins because yeah. if you've aligned to something and again, you've, you know, that, that recap uh, to say, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm really excited about this. Then you as a, as a, as an employee can also equally lead the check-ins, the follow-ups, because to your point, leaders are busy, managers are busy, and there's nothing in any rule book that says you as an employee can't can't proactively set up the check-in to say, hey, I want to check in in my plan. And most leaders love that because, boy, that takes the toll off them and you were taking the lead. So 
And let's be honest about this. Leadership changes all the time. I don't think I've ever been in one position and just mm. worked for one person. So if people, if the, if the management is flipping over and new people are coming in, you know, a written document helps minimize the impact of a new person so that they go, Oh, I see. Oh, there's some notes from, Oh, I see the email chain here. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Just let me read this over. We'll meet in a couple of days and talk about it, you know, because I don't know about your experience, Greg, but I've never worked in one position where I just worked for the same person. Yeah. There's all like, sometimes it's two or three different people that I've had to navigate over the, you know, two to four years. And, and, you know, how do you ensure there's continuity of your development and, and what you want out of this situation? Yeah. And you know what? The, the conversations are going to be remembered. If you're proactive and keeping on top of it, then it's more likely that the manager who's leaving is going to say, oh, before I go, the, the one thing I'll tell you is that I've been working with Alistair on this, this thing going forward. And even if they're not, there'll be notes to file or at a minimum in your first get to know each other saying, I'm really excited and I'm hoping that we'll be able to continue the development that Alistair and I started. Um, uh, if it would be help, would it be helpful for me to send you the plan that we've been working on? Oh, yeah, that would be really helpful. Boom. You know, then that transition has taken place. It's, it's a lovely way of by having it written down um, of just assuming that it will continue. Absolutely. And you've hinted at this, seek out meetings to discuss your expectations, like, you know, maybe like at evaluation time or check-ins or, or, uh, those types of meetings, uh, you know, make full use of them. It isn't just about your, your manager telling you things or seeking out information to placate whatever they're working on. It's also your meeting as well. Yeah. So, so important, you know, as a, yeah, so important. I agree hundred percent. And, you know, finish up this side the same way. Expectations can be harmful if not discussed. Mm -hmm. If they're expectations, they're just, it's a time bomb coming off because, you know, you're going to all of a sudden three years later, oh, I didn't get that. I didn't get that promotion. I didn't get the opportunity to do that thing. Did you flip and tell anybody? Yeah. Did you have a discussion about it? So make sure that you discuss them with somebody. You know what? You might be wrong. It might not be viable, but at least you know. I, I, I can't remember who told me this recently. And, but I, I, I believe it to be true. And they said that something like at least 90% of conflict that occurs is due to uh, disconnects on expectations. Mm -hmm. 90%. Because it's me thinking one thing, you thinking another thing, and and us not really having clarity up front. And that's where things get that fall apart. So this topic is so, so important to and the earlier on you could do it the better and the earlier on if there's changes that are happening that you can communicate and recalibrate the better so it is about that that being really present on top of things and clear uh, throughout the process that really makes a big difference and when it isn't there's always crunchiness so wrap up that might have been my wrap up but uh yeah, you have anything more to add? No, just you know. Um, you say that, but you keep talking. This I, is awesome. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I always say that there's three C's of great leadership organization: clarity, mm -hmm. curiosity, and courage. And clarity is 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 the first piece, and it's that expectations up front. Having clarity around what you think, what good looks like, what you're, what you're supposed to be doing, all that type of thing is so, so, so important. It's almost like at the heart 
of everything. And then in those conversations, being curious and, and, and courageous and, in moving things forward are really important. But clarity for me is all about expectations. And I have, um, I've gone down roads doing stuff that I thought I spent a lot of time and effort and was really excited about moving something forward only to find out the end that I, my ladder was on the wrong, uh, wrong wall, you know, and, and, what a waste of time and frustration and disappointment. So uh, you each, you're, as a manager or as an employee, it's a beautiful, if you are feeling unclear about what the pathway is and why you're going down that pathway, be courageous, step in and say, I, I need to make sure that I know here what the expectation is going forward. It will save you so much heartache and it will, it will make things so much better. So Greg, I'm a five on the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we can't go a show without talking about <laughs> it right. apparently. Yeah. We need them to sponsor us. Okay. Uh, I'm a five, which means I need you to tell me what you want and I need you to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. And I also need you uh, available if I need clarification. Uh, I was probably better later in my career, uh, uh, around expectations than I was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, I've been, you know, I, I sat in a room and say, okay, I'm sorry. I need to know exactly what you expect in this situation. And oh, 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 no, I need clear direction because I'll go. Mm-hmm. I'll, you, I, you will, t- you know, and I've had a couple of times when the people that I'm reporting to don't really know what to say. And yet I've also been in situations where, you know, is obvious that we need to discuss what I was going to do. And I came prepared to say, this is what I want to do. These are the expectations I'm bringing to this. And I think this is how it will benefit us as a group mm-hmm. of people. And I've been in a couple situations later on in my career where I realized I had, um, my expectations could feed very healthfully mm-hmm. in a healthy way into this situation. And I, you know, as I got uh, more experienced and a little bit more mature, not much more mature, but certainly I'd seen enough things, how important it is. And, and part of it's my, me because I'm a five. It's like, Greg, what do you want? Mm-hmm. We'll have the discussion. Okay, great. And then just let me go and do it. So I, I understand how I operate. And I found in those situations where there was, you know, clarity around expectations, my work life went a lot better. Mm-hmm. The workflow, the people I worked with, when there was some ambiguity and where people weren't supplying me with the expectations, uh, I found that I drifted. It, it was not a, a good situation. And I know the way I'm wired. And, I, you know, I think that's a healthy thing for me is to understand what the expectations are. I think that's a really good point because, you know, how I'm wired is I can get excited and go without being super clear sometimes around where to go. So, you know, my actual example just before that was I'm climbing up the wrong wall well, if I would have paused and said, okay, and I'm learning. To- you could have taken the elevator in another building. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, exactly. And I'm learning to pause and say, well, I just want to make sure before I leap, um, you know, having that discussion and being really crisp and clear has been so helpful because I've lost a lot of time and effort um, and energy heading up, pl- going down pathways that were the wrong pathway because I thought I heard that I thought this was where we're supposed to go and what was most important, and it wasn't. So I am actually learning to, even though I'm fired up, excited, is to breathe and ask some questions to be more clear. So you're innately going to ask those questions up front. I'm not. I demand them, Greg. And I'm starting to because it really is so much helpful. And then I can really channel my energy to do great things and and not waste time going up the wrong ladder. That's cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. 
Yeah, I have a lot of experience. I think we all have a lot of experience in this. And once you understand how important it is to you and how it plays a role in how you, you know, choose where you work, do the work that you want to mm. do, uh, just so vital, uh, you know, in in how things play out is is yeah. really expectations. I've been really frustrated a couple of times, Greg, with with people, you know, kind of laissez-faire, you know, and it's like, no, no, you don't understand. At the end of the year, you're going to evaluate me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know the basis that I'm going to be evaluated on. Yeah, yeah. Right? And there's been some really good situations where we sat down and just banged, okay, yeah, I think this is great. I do too. Shake on it. Let's go. I'm good for the next year, right? I yeah. know what I'm supposed to do. Yet I always do appreciate kind of those check-in things yeah. every once in a while. They say, hey, we're on track or we're not, or we're going to make a right-hand turn because of this. Yeah, you're aware of that. Great. But uh, this is something uh, as employees or as managers, we really need to to, to take a close look at and, and make sure we have a handle on it. Yeah. And and I'll just add one final point, which because I, I think this is really important, which you just brought up is that, and we say this in every podcast, is know yourself and what you need. And, and, and make sure you've got it right, but also know your, your team members, because, yeah, you know, yeah. if, if I know that Alistair is working for me and Alistair is wanting the, all the goods up front and other time, I'm going to come prepared, even though that might not be my innate way. I know that that's important to. You're going to give it to me, Greg. Right. But, and one, if, if I proactively do it, you're going to be excited and you're going to feel heard and known. Part so, of the team. Yeah. So think about who those folks are. What do they need around expectations and, and what, what might they miss because of who they are and make sure they get what they need. Mm, that's good. That's cool. I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. So. We hope some of what we've spoke about you find helpful. We hope we didn't say anything that uh, you found offensive or made you really angry, but certainly your philosophy is required as we exit out of this interview because we've talked about a lot of stuff and not everybody might be uh, happy about it or, you know, might find themselves in conflict about it, but I think we need your uh, philosophy for sure, my friend. Yeah, you know, we end each of our podcasts with uh, great insight from uh, my first coach who said, you know, when we're together, there's going to be some stuff that we talk about that's going to make you crunchy, the stuff that you disagree with or you're frustrated by or maybe you're not quite achieving and you know you should. And you're also going to have times when you're going to feel really joyful, things that you're making traction that you agree upon. And what we always say is both are beautiful learning opportunities. And we just ask that whatever you're feeling, whatever is churning, joy, crunchiness, whatever it is, pause and say, well, what's this about? What, what, what can I learn here? What do I want to apply? And, and then take that learning and, and, and put it towards how you're growing. So uh, we hope uh, that... We've provided a little bit of churn, a little bit of joy for you today. I felt it today, Greg. Good. Uh, Shut up. Sure. Porto, Portugal. Portugal. Oh, wow. Welcome to the club. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. So, uh, um, uh. Uh, that that's that's lovely. I will. I it may have been two people I know who are in Portugal or were in Portugal, or it might have been other people that were there because uh, I know there's uh, um, a lot of people on cruises and traveling right now in our circles, right? And Portugal, such a lovely spot. And uh, but hey, welcome Portugal. I don't think we've had anyone, although maybe Libs, Lisbon before. I think Lisbon came up before. Right. Yeah. So uh, we we. Welcome you and uh, hope that uh, um, you're finding uh, uh, useful tips and ideas through the podcast. Welcome. And folks, who are you talking to about all these issues? Mm-hmm. If, if 
something we said, uh, you know, creates some churn or there's something that, you know, Hey, I, I, I agree with you guys, or, you know, I have a slightly different thing, uh, idea on this and make sure you talk to somebody about it and sauce it out there. Yeah. And if you like the podcast, you know, we never say this, but if you like, if you like, if you're liking the podcast, click like on whatever you are. Uh, and follow us. And follow us. We're supposed us. to say that, aren't we? We are. I don't, we never do that, but no. someone has tell, I just listened to another one today and says, Hey, and if we hope you'll give us a five star, that's always good. That will bring more people to uh, listen to this. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, we, uh, if you enjoy it, you know, let us know. Absolutely. We enjoy it. Mm-hmm, we do. I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. Listen, folks, take time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.